0: This presentation is from Managing Design 2017, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Catherine. Um, this is me, and this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, in the last few years, I've been transitioning from not just being a UX practitioner, but then to a practice lead and somewhat of a UX coach in Agile. So what I'm here today to talk to you about is is um, how you actually imbue Agile values (coughs) in a UX team and make it feel more human. So I really believe that Agile and UX are made for each other and there's a whole lot of reasons why, and I'll talk about that. But firstly, um, there are a few problems and we all know that designers find it hard to meld into engineering teams. We know that technology-driven companies can be difficult because UX is usually a minority There's a bunch of reasons why that might be the case, um, and I'll talk about how you can solve it. So the good news is that it's all about people, both agile and UX and philosophies and methodologies are human-centered. And almost always you find them um, entrenched in technology companies or ICT businesses or ICT divisions of businesses, Um, but how do you bring them together in a way that synergizes and becomes less engineering and mentality? So thinking back to human factors, human factors um, is pretty deep and it's influenced a whole lot of different disciplines. It has an ISO definition and classification that you can look up online. Um, human factors has subcategories including um, user experience as a definition as well as human-centred design. And agile is related to human factors. So when you look into it a bit further, there's a whole lot of philosophy Philosophy characteristics that are actually really compatible with UX. So thinking about what your team might think when they're actually adapting agile principles and methodologies into their frameworks and how the conflicts of UX methodologies and how do we fit it onto or bolt it into agile practices that we're adapting to might work. Definitely ask your team about their feelings because it'll really help you meld a better aligned philosophy about how to actually work together. So some common, um, possibly negative sentiments or sentiments that may be fear-driven are around the feeling of being in the minority again or thinking that it's an engineering method only, not understanding that it is actually cross-functional and team-oriented, knowing that it may be just an assistive method rather than a mantra, That often people say, oh, hey, we're going Agile. It's fantastic, let's mobilise, when in fact it's actually just a way to do things. Um, A lack of understanding or coaching or alignment in the team. So people might have come from a bunch of different backgrounds and there's there's often an assumed knowledge about the way people think and the way people behave and their histories. So when you get a bunch of people together in a new team, it may not work so well. So how do you solve that? and there may be a discomfort with change. So the team members may be just super uncomfortable (coughs) with changing their ideas in a way that is very responsive and nimble. And also you may have designers who have transitioned from other industry areas who just want to execute and don't really want to research, don't really want to learn, don't really care about the user. So how do you adopt a practice area where you can actually encourage them to become more user-centred? So agile isn't just about speed, it's also about being nimble. And so we have a whole lot of technology divisions remobilizing their architectures towards microservices and that's all about being more nimble and able to be more responsive to customers. It's not just about the technology. It may be a fashion, but it's actually for a really good use case. So thinking about Agile, um, this is the definition and this is what a lot of people think about and there's this need for speed in, in businesses that can't, kind of mitigates the value driven culture that should be there. So I'd really encourage your designers and yourselves to read the Agile Manifesto because although it was written by engineers, it was four people <laughs> and four teams. And a bunch of 17, 17 engineers went away to Utah and got together in a cabin and talked about it for ages and decided to create this manifesto. But when you read the disciplinary um, practice principles, it's actually really fascinating and great to apply to UX. So here's some highlights. And I will share these slides on SlideShare at another time so you can actually absorb them all. And definitely read the other ones, because they relate, to in different ways. So thinking about the Agile team, I've adapted here the model of conceptual models by Don Norman. Um, It was created in 1986. I've modernised it slightly for the new world, um, the new technology era, where almost every technology company is going Agile. So ideally we'd have a cross-functional team, and that would be the combined mental model that you're aligning to. And then thinking about the system image of a thing, and that could be anything because we're in the IoT era, and the user model, Um, and I'm sure that Don Norman's objective was more like this, um, to create that synergy between everyone. So there is this reciprocal lean approach to feedback and having that feedback loop where you can encourage basic to performance to delightful responses to the user's needs. And here's a picture of people um, doing an improv session or performance. And I've chosen this because I think improv is a really great way to get teams aligned. The problem with this picture is that there's one driver and a whole lot of participants behind them. There doesn't seem to be a lot of synergy there, although they may have a lot behind the leader. It feels like a few people are a little bit detached. They're laughing in the background. A couple of people looking away and not looking in the direction of the driver. So in, often in businesses, and we all know this, that um, one driver could create an assumption driven culture or many senior stakeholders can and this can be dysfunctional in agile and really take us away from the goals of that philosophy and I've just included the Venn diagram up there um, that I created around human factors just to align back to this theme here is a much more collaborative image and you can see that um, of course when you get people together and they're really synergising it becomes more open They're more connected and they seem a lot happier in this picture, don't you think? So, a collaborative mindset enables a shared understanding, which is one of the core tenets of Agile. Here's another picture of an improv group, this time performing to an audience. And here I've got the conceptual divide, the gulf of understanding between um, the actors in the work system, which is the Agile team, who hopefully by this time are aligned, and speaking to their users, the audience, and the users are perceiving and responding to the way the systems have been created. So hopefully they're responding to the audience too and adapting their improv techniques to understand how they should change their behavior on stage. So how do we get to this UX team nirvana in Agile? Really it comes down to going from waterfall to cross-functional behavior and really encouraging that collaboration, becoming a vessel and an inductive um, endpoint for people's opinions, and then taking that into the design process. So on on your right, you can see there is a cross-functional model here. And that's what I've been trying to encourage my teams to do, even if they're not embedded in squads. Here again is the process model for something like Waterfall, and then this is the process model for Lean build, measure, learn, which is part of an Agile methodology um, sort of category or domain. So if you wanted to try improv, that's a really great idea. Um, I did a really great workshop with Speechless, a San Francisco-based um, company, about two months ago and found it really awesome. And I really love Tina Faye because she is just hilarious and brings the comedy to this because... Why shouldn't you laugh or have fun at work? Um, So, Tina Fey's suggestions are to say yes, and anyone who's done improv in the room will know this, and say yes and, so encourage the discourse and dialogue and be positive, don't shut people down. Make statements, not open questions, in this case with teams, because you want to contribute and get that story going. And make sure that everyone's safe to say anything they want, even if they feel it's stupid because there's no mistakes, and everyone's encouraged to test and learn and adapt. Adapting this to user research and induction of user feedback, I've actually um, added in ask open questions, and the user's mistakes are the team's responsibility because they created the system image. Learn and adapt from the user's experiences and stories, and collaborate and align to goals. There's essential to agile. So we've heard, um, the term feeding the beast, which is feeding the engineering team, which often happens in cultures that are semi-agile or quasi-agile. But engineers are people too. They're our friends. They're our collaborators. Um, I'm friends with a lot of engineers, and I find this kind of semi-offensive. So um, instead of treating them like like, hungry beasts who are scary and you can't talk to them, um, give them a lot of collaboration and time because engineers do have product minds. They are intelligent. They've done great degrees. They offer a lot. So it's a false assumption in a value and agile t- culture to actually think that that is the way to work. Of course, be inclusive and inductive. And I don't know how much time I've got, so I'm going to speed up a little bit. OK, I'm going to... <laughs> So I just, you can read this later. <laughs> Consider pairing and delivery. Um, I'm sure that many people here are familiar with that method, but it can be multidisciplinary. It doesn't just need to be engineers and engineers. When you're creating style guides or doing style-driven development, you can pair UXs with engineers. The engineers can institute the changes in the front end, um, get UXs and PMs together at strategy level. Even engineers should be involved. And when I say even, I don't mean it like that. (laughs) Um, And get designer pairs together as well. Similar benefits come through um, through testing and learning together because you increase the shared understanding and you have the empathy across the team. And I think there was a really great presentation about that at Design Research just recently with the DTO. Um, so if the team aren't embedded in squads, um, endeavour to force a single initiative per UX um, team member because other people get overwhelmed. Um, especially if they're going deep on many initiatives, make sure that they're actually focused on one optimally or maximum two. Um, short-term initiatives aren't very satisfying for UX designers, so don't go too far with that. Try creating a, visible, um, um, a visual management wall to communicate your team practices and where there are blockers and bottlenecks in the team and impose processes to help people through that change and advocacy. Um, I did a visual management class where I prototyped this with a bunch of delivery leads. I was the only UXer there, but I really enjoyed it because I had a unique use case with my team. Um, And you can see the red cards um, simulate where there are blockers and the avatars simulate um, the team owner. So you can easily see where people... um, The load balancing of the team is overloading and people are doing too much work. Um, And here's a prototype of a wall um, that I did as a result of that. Um, for UX teams that are not embedded in squads. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Managing Design 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.